is going on guys and welcome back to another episode of the fit shit podcast or this may be on nicole's podcast um so we'll see where this ends up but um i'm really excited to have a conversation with her we were actually just chatting back and forth about her wedding recently and drinking and we just kind of dove into holiday conversations and what a great time to kind of launch a podcast talking about how to navigate the season appropriately so first nicole um tell us a little about about your wedding uh how you're feeling today still a little bit um the negative feels after kind of indulging in things that you don't necessarily indulge in, right? Yeah, it's interesting because even, you know, post-show, I, and, you know, regardless if I'm prepping or not, I'm usually tracking my macros. And I did take like four days off from tracking, which really throws a lot of people for a loop whenever they hear that and me being a coach, but I'm like, there's really no need for me to be pulling out my fitness pal right now. But we did have over a hundred different gourmet cupcakes and an open bar. And I definitely wanted to enjoy myself. Um, and I don't feel super good today. <laughs> I haven't been feeling good these past two to three days, but it just goes to show how our bodies thrive on routine and more so whole foods. But I think a lot of people can let those few days turn into a month or two of just letting it continue on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so I think honestly, like one of the first things we can talk about is like, you said you wanted to enjoy yourself. Right. And so for a lot of people, what the context of that is going to differ, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of people will be like, I just wanted to take the time to enjoy myself, but they ate half a cake, 10 cookies, 17 caramels, um, drank three glasses of, of, I don't know, Chardonnay. Right. And they feel like shit not, and they didn't necessarily, what, what does it mean to you? I guess is the question of like, what does enjoyment mean? Because for some people they'll use it as an excuse to blow shit out of the water, which to me is not actually being present and enjoying that moment. Um, or what it is that you're choosing to kind of indulge in. Everybody really has their own definition. I mean, these cupcakes, they were fat and juicy, (laughs) but I like split it with a, a bridesmaid. There was all these different flavors and like, I don't need 12 full cupcakes, you know, but I would have a bite out of one. And that maybe if I didn't like it, you know, I really asked myself, I'm like, do, am I enjoying this? Do I like this? And honestly, there were like two different ones I I didn't really like. And I'm like, it's just not worth it to me. I'm not enjoying it. I'm just eating to eat. And same with the drinks. Like, um, they only had rosé. I know weird. I don't like rosé, but I don't like it. And I had it and I wasn't feeling it. I'm like, I need my super sweet wine. Cause I'm a baby. And the only thing I really liked was a margarita. I feel like you can't really screw that up. So really just asking myself, am I enjoying this food or am I just eating to eat? And although, you know, you do spend a lot of money on that kind of stuff, I still want to enjoy it. So even our food was honestly pretty healthy choices that we had, but there were some things I'm like, I, I don't really love this particular side dish. So I'm just not going to eat it. Like I think a lot of people let certain behaviors from like childhood stem into this mindless eating as well, where they feel like they have to finish something, or if they open a package of something, they have to finish it. And that God forbid they give it to someone else. Um, and people just seem to struggle with that in general. Yeah. I think that's really important that you like brought that up because a lot of times on onboarding calls, I'll ask them about that in their childhood, right? A lot of people struggle with like what they manage to eat on a daily, daily basis, because they were told when they're kids, like you have to finish your plate, 
right? You're going to be here until it's done because of X, Y, or Z, right? Um, And so I think that that's also important to kind of be like, "Mm, I'm going to try this. I didn't really enjoy it. Okay. I'd rather have something else Um, and being able to be like, okay, it's not worth it to indulge in that way. um, I think is important, but you talked about putting my fitness pal away, um, which for some people they're like, Oh my God, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think, uh, my fitness pal, and I think we've talked about this. It's, it's an educational tool. Um, but if you're not actually looking at your plate and paying attention to that portion, you're not actually taking away the key things that you're going to want for sustainability purposes. Like there are going to be events that you go to and you can't bring your food scale or it's weird too. Like if you were at your wedding, weighing out your cake, I mean, like life is way bigger than that. That's like, a I'm great sorry. way to, you know, start this new family and meet the in-laws. Right. Oh, hold on. I'm going to have, I don't fucking know. There's no reason to, I will say this. You do not need to justify your behavior to anyone else, but you have to have your own boundaries with it. And you have to have your own line of like, what is too much? And I do believe your wedding and tracking is too much. I do believe Christmas and taking it out. If you see your family, maybe once a year, I think that's too much. Like the app is always going to be there. Macros is always going to be there. Like your ability to get back on track, you know, I'm doing air quotes for our podcast listeners. They can't see it, but getting back on track is always going to be there, but you don't want to look back on those events and be like, I just wish I could have been more present or I wish I could have had that that glass of wine and not stress out about it. Like, and I have had vacations in my life and I've had way too many memories that I've screwed up because I was so obsessed with food and I don't want to do that anymore. I don't like living that way. And I think, I think all of us that have come to the other side of that have been through that. Like, I remember like missing being present at events because I was hyper-focused on my nutrition or my body composition or what I might weigh in tomorrow. If I heaven forbid, have more sodium today because I had something I didn't make, right? Something stupid, like quite literally stupid and illogical. Um, because I think one of the best things that, you know, social media has done is make memes. I love memes, but it's like the, the idea that, you know, I ate a salad today that didn't make you skinny, right? They didn't make you fit. Eating a salad didn't make you fit, right? So eating a piece of pizza or two pieces of pizza or having two glasses of wine or a bottle of beer or a combination of any of those things, right? Isn't going to derail your progress. It's the habit over time um, that becomes either aligned with the goal that you have or takes away from that. And you will Mm -hmm. always be the outcome of your choices. And so when it comes to like navigating the holiday season, we just had Halloween and now we're going into Thanksgiving. I always tell my clients, um, whatever you choose to do, however you choose to handle that day or event, always be aware of how you want to feel coming out of that. Right. Uh Do you want, if, if it aligns with, Hey, I had fun. I don't regret anything. Yeah. I'm up a couple of pounds, but I feel great. And I enjoyed that. And I'm present and I don't have any regrets that I 100% agree with whatever choices they made that day. Right. If they're like, Oh coach, I feel awful. I fucking overate everything. I'm body shaming myself. Now they're in their head about, you know, all of these different things. Well, okay. We have to take the lesson with how you handled that and go into it with a better approach. That's going to leave you feeling better next time you are like the result of what you do majority of the time too. So like, I will even break down like simple math for clients who really struggle with the concept of letting go of those reins a little bit. And there's usually two different types, people who need to be structured all the time and people who 
you probably need to be more structured. Like you are too, too loose, too relaxed. But if you just even pull up a month, what it's mostly 30 days out mm -hmm. of in a, in a month, if you have two days out of a month that were not so good, you know, that's 28 out of 30. That's still like an A you're still doing a great job. So don't overthink the holidays because it's not months, you know, it's literally just days, even if your Thanksgiving is two days or in December, maybe let's say you had a week, a whole week. Um, as long as you plan on getting back into the swing of things, or even just take some healthy behaviors through those days, you're going to be a lot better on the other side. And, you know, even on those days, I wasn't tracking, I still bring my gallon of water and trying to eat protein throughout the day and trying to incorporate some fruits and vegetables. I was still trying to stick to those healthy habits and behaviors you, and you can't let go of all structure. You can still have structure without inputting it into some sort of app. Yeah. And I think yeah. that that's um, something that people don't understand actually is like, you can't track. I don't believe that you should track forever. I really don't. Um, I do believe that in order to see progress or maintain the progress that you've achieved, there has to be some type of boundary, some type of restriction, right? People that even quote unquote, you know, intuitively eat and see fat loss, right? They'll blame, you know, macros for their issues, but really it was the fact that regardless of whether you're tracking or not, you're implementing some type of restraint, right? Whether it's executing habits, maybe you only prioritize, you know, starchy carbohydrate around your training. And then you're focused on, you know, more vegetables and, you know, micronutrients or whatever it might be. Right. I think, um, we tend to demonize different systems, um, when it comes to getting the response that you want to see, but at the end of the day, in order to get any type of fat loss or body composition improvement, there has to be some type of dietary regulation. Um, mm -hmm. and so when it comes to the time of the year where you're not necessarily tracking, or you're going on vacation or whatever the fuck it might be. Um, I think one of the best things you can do is look at the habits that you have acquired during the time that you focused on these types of goals that you have and whether you can, if, even if you can't control nutrition, let's say you're going on a cruise, right. And they have a fucking buffet. Of course, you're going to be there and you're going to look at the food items, but like, what do they have for you that, you know, makes sense, right? Are you building your plate with protein and veg and being mindful of starch portions? Are you aware that there's probably more oil and sodium and stuff like that? So you want to push that water, stay active, get your training. And if you can, right. And, and hit your step count. Like there are, you can't control everything, but I think people will make excuses to completely blow shit up when they have one variable they can't they can't execute on hundred percent, right? Yeah. Maybe it is estimating food. So then they'll make the excuse of, well, I didn't do my cardio and I didn't train. And then I didn't have control over food because X, Y, or Z. Right. And I think that's where you're just being a little bit lazy, um, in falling into that victim mindset and blaming your family, your friends, your grandma and her cookies or whatever the fuck it is. Right. When at the end of the day, you always have control over what you put in your mouth and what you do with your body. And I think that mm -hmm. if people would take more accountability for that and be like, I am present and I am in control instead of like stressing themselves out about what grandma might bring to Thanksgiving dinner, like you don't have to eat that. And if you want to try it, you can try it without having a cup of it, right? You like, you don't have to have the whole thing kind of thing. Um, and I think a lot of people just have that all or nothing when it comes to different systems, especially fitness, right? You'll see a lot of people that are like all in all the time. And then when they're off, they're like all the way off. And odds are a lot of these foods that you're like romanticizing probably don't even taste that good. Like, sorry, grandma, like your casserole is probably not that good anyway. 
Um, but even I think going into like, how would you structure your plate for Thanksgiving? Like thinking about what you can control in that situation. And um, again, go in with, I don't want to say rules, but just go in with expectations for myself. I love dessert. So I know I'm going to have a cookie. I know I'm going to maybe have a piece of pie, but that means I'm not having the dinner roll and I'm not having the mashed potatoes or some other starchier thing and focusing more so on my protein and vegetables at the meal. Someone else might love the, the potatoes and not love the dessert. It's about those options and still setting structure for yourself. And we, we have to treat ourselves like children sometimes, and that is okay. You can tell yourself, no, you can tell yourself not right now. Um, you can tell yourself you can have the wine, but if you have the wine, you're not having the cookie and it is okay. It's about options and you really are in control. Um, and if someone wants to make comments on the reason why your plate doesn't have this or that, like that's usually an insecurity of themselves or just simply explain that you want dessert later or simply explain that if you're in prep, like explain that goal to someone like you're allowed to make those choices for yourself and what you do to your body doesn't affect anyone else. So I, I love that you said that. Um, and I try to explain this almost like a budget, right? So you have a certain amount of calories in which, you know, you kind of operate, right. And when you really pay attention to hunger and satiety signaling, and this is something that I really work on with my clients going into the holiday season so that we don't get into the overeating beyond fullness kind of thing. Um, and so you know, you can regulate that stuff, but there's a certain amount of calories within a couple hundred, um, that you will range within on a daily basis, depending on energy expenditure, availability and requirements. Um, but understanding being present with your food and like, okay, for me on Thanksgiving, right. I know I, I usually break it down into like a two day thing. <laughs> this is just how I do it because I know there's going to be leftovers. It's going to be leftover pie. My mom loves to make like 17 pies. So I know there's going to be leftovers, but I don't really enjoy leftover, like hot foods. So on Thanksgiving day, usually I'll like skip the pie, have a glass of wine with my dinner and stick to kind of mm, like a, a smorgasbord of, of little bits of things, depending on how it's made. Right. Sometimes as your grandma gets older, her taste buds are a little bit different and it's way more salty than it used to be right? <laughs> or something like that. It's just not that great. Right. So I'll always try a little bit, but if I don't love it, I don't eat it. Great. Right. Always starting with my protein. I love, you know, you can, I mean, Thanksgiving is so healthy. I think people blow that out of the water. Like, oh my gosh. It's so funny too, that you say that. Cause like I used to date someone where their version of Thanksgiving was so much different than my family's version. Like their version, they had Turkey vegetables, the cranberries. They didn't really have casseroles or anything. They did have like mashed potatoes, but they made them like dairy free and like less butter and stuff. Like they made it so healthy but you can also look at on the other side where you see the you know marshmallows and brown sugar on sweet potatoes and like butter everywhere. Like you can take these traditions and put a healthier twist on them and even bring that to your the meal and contribute. So that's what I always do too, is I am always a part of the Thanksgiving dinner process because then I know like if my mom wants to, my dad, my dad loves real butter. He hates, I can't believe it's not butter. It has to be fucking real butter or he does just doesn't like it. So, you know, my mom will make potatoes and I'll, once they're like cooked and mashed, I'll just take my portion, put it on the side. I don't want butter in mine. Right. I don't have to do that. So it's easy for me. And just communicating that, like my mom knows I hate butter. I think it tastes awful on anything. I can taste it and I'm like, it will 
ruin a dish for me. So I know that I don't like it. And so I remove it from what I'm going to have. And so we usually have like a mix, like, you know, half of it will have butter or whatever, the marshmallows, the shit on it. Right. And some of it will just be like plain mashed sweet potato or baked sweet potato, right. Something of a variety. Um, or if you're going somewhere, one of the best things you can do is actually bring a dish, you know, you can eat very simple, right. Most mm -hmm. of the time you're getting like the Turkey, like right? wherever you're going is usually going to supply the Turkey. You can get Turkey breast. Like that's not a difficult thing, but when it comes to sides, you may not know what's in them. And that's totally fine. But again, a lot of people will make Thanksgiving incredibly clean, right? There's usually like, a, um, we usually have like raw veggies and dip, like as like appetizers so that are out. Sometimes we'll get like a shrimp platter and then we'll have, you know, the turkey breast and all that stuff. Um, in like my grandma's, she makes this weird, like marshmallowy casserole, weird thing. I don't know. <laughs> she, yeah. My dad says he likes it, but I don't think he does. He just says that for her feelings, but <laughs> I don't know. So she makes it every year. Um, you know, and then there's like a green bean casserole and the sweet potato casserole or just plain sweet potato. Right. But I've seen so many different varieties, um, that it's just about being mindful. Let heaven forbid you go and there's fucking butter and everything. Just being aware of that and be like, all right, there's going to be more fat in this meal. So I might want to be careful with the portion size. Right. And then being very present with your hunger and satiety signals, along with making sure that you're hydrated. Um, you know, you're going to be able to be like, I'm full. And that's that, like, you don't have to be like, there's so many things on the table and I have to have a full portion of all these things. And then you're yeah. on the couch fucking feeling awful. Like you're going to throw up because you decided to be an asshole to yourself. Like that's not ideal. Come on. And fat tissue is actually not that easy to put on if you're already at like a healthy body fat. There's a consistent effort of overeating that has to happen to put on pounds and pounds of fat tissue. Like, you know, for someone coming out of a prep, let's say you just did a show in October. Yeah, you're going to have to be a little bit more mindful, a little bit more cautious. But if you're someone that's already at a healthy body fat, um, your body isn't going to put on two pounds of body fat in two meals. Your body will put on two pounds of body fat that two meals turns into two weeks of fuck it. I'm eating whatever I want. Like then you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. And again, it's, it's more like, I mean, you can definitely do damage. Like I don't want to, you know, put it out there. Like you can't, let's say like, this is kind of like the weekend warrior thing where you make progress and then you get shit faced and then you're ordering Domino's at 2am after you've already had a full day of eating on top of empty calories. And then, you, you know, you're doing different things. So understanding that alcohol is also a toxin and your body's always going to prioritize burning that off before it does anything with food. So mm -hmm. if you choose to indulge in alcohol, which there's a time and a place for it, like I definitely did at my retreat and it was fucking awesome. But at the same time, like doing that consistently and then allowing that to cause you to over eat and then doing that repetitively. And let's say for Thanksgiving, you decide to do nothing and just be completely sedentary and watch football and eat all the things. Okay. Well, you know, that might set you back a little bit in the grand scheme of things. Is it going to be detrimental to your progress? No. But if you do that over the weekend and then into the next week, and then all of a sudden it's Christmas and you're doing the same things. Okay. Well now we're definitely not aligning ourselves with a great outcome. Yeah. And you don't need to like, let's say you did overeat and you did have two pieces of pie and five glasses of wine or whatever. Um, you don't need to go to the gym the next day and exercise for three hours. Like that's going to be really bad for your mental health and making that connection of food means I need to burn it off and earn it. Um, I've definitely been that person before where I've quite honestly eaten a cookie and gone for a mile run after that to burn it off. It's really screwed up. 
um, you don't want to be in that place either. So just keeping up with that routine and those habits, like if you have the opportunity to work out on a holiday, I would say go for it. You don't need to make it more strenuous. You don't need to do more cardio that day, but you should be moving to promote healthy digestion, um, healthy, you know, blood sugar regulation as well. If you're eating more carbohydrates, um, and you know, lift if you can lift. Yeah. And I think, again, it's, it's one of those things I will never, ever tell a client you have to earn your food. Um, no, that's absolutely stupid. Understanding energy balance, I think is an educational tool that they should use. Right. And just being mindful and present. Um, but there's food is not inherently good or bad. I think people like demonize food. And I think that that's just illogical and silly. Like food is not out here attacking you and your goals. Like, Oh, I'm here to sabotage you. Like, no food is fucking sitting there and you choose to put it in your mouth. So again, it comes back to the whole, you will be the product of your choices kind of thing, which again, like there's a time and a place to enjoy. It's just understanding in that given moment, like being present, actually paying attention to what it is that you want the outcome of that goal to be as far as the holiday season, which in my opinion, there's a lot of clients that will just like go on a hiatus during the holiday season. And we talked about this a little bit. Don't It'll be, be like, the per- don't be this person. <laughs> yeah. My, my best piece of advice, um, is to continue to have the accountability that you need because mm-hmm. most people will end coaching or pause coaching or whatever it is they want to do. They have an excuse in their head, knowing that, a lot of the times I'll hear, well, I know I'm not going to be able to be hundred percent adherent. Well, there's a time and a place to be hundred percent. And then there's a time and a place to understand how to go about events. And when you end your coaching accountability process, mentorship, whatever you want to call it, right. What you're doing is actually making the excuse to go off the rails because you know that that's something in the back of your head where you're like, I'm going to do all of these things and I don't know how to do it. And I don't want to check in being like, I didn't do this. So therefore I'm going to end the accountability that I actually need to stay on track. And I think one of the best goals that any client can have during the holiday season is maintenance. If you can maintain through the holiday season, you are winning. Like I I see time and time again, clients will pause and end, and then they come back in January and they're like, coach, I'm back and I'm up 15 pounds. And I'm like, I tried to tell you, I tried to tell you, this is not the time to end coaching. Um, and the fact that, you know, this is just going to be a learning curve. And now I'll have clients being like, and no, I'm not going anywhere this holiday season because I know what I did last year. Right. And it's always a learning lesson. So if I give anybody a piece of advice, the accountability that you have with your coach, um, I would not encourage you to pause through the holiday season. There are like plenty of clients of mine where that's where we do start the reverse process as in September and in October. So I can get them prime and ready for the holidays. And even when I'm working with my coach, I'm just honest with them. And I say, Hey, I'm not tracking on Christmas Eve or Christmas. I'm not tracking on these days because I'm going on a vacation, but I'm still going to check in. Um, I know even my check-in this week is going to look like a piece of crap because I didn't track, but there's probably still something that he is going to say that will benefit me. And I I mean, I don't know what that is yet, but there's probably still something to get out of that check-in. And can we just like stop working with coaches only to diet and lose weight? Like that's Thank not you possible. for saying that. Say it again. Say it again. <laughs> stop working with coaches just to diet and lose weight because we have such a bigger role than just that. Especially if you're someone that wants to compete, you need to build muscle. You need to treat this like a 24 hour job. You need to be on your programming 
you're going to need your coach. And even if you feel like you know it all, I mean, Kate has her master's degree. I have a bachelor's degree in this field. And we still have coaches because we can still learn and we're still learning each and every single day. So there's going to be a benefit to having another human being on the other side um, to help you through a bunch of different times in your life. And honestly, the holidays do bring up a lot of hard times for a lot of people, a lot of emotional things, family things, stressful things, financial things. And I get it that you might want to save money for Christmas gifts or whatever it might be, but investing in yourself, even if you make coaching a gift to yourself. I mean, that's how I look at my coaches. I work with a coach for my fitness skills and I work with a coach for my diet and training. And that's my gift to myself. That's my self-care. Some people go out to eat and all that stuff, but you can find ways to make it work. I mean, I was a broke college student and I had an online coach, like I made it work. So you just have to recognize that value throughout the throughout that that time of the year, um, even though it can be hard for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the actual best things that, um, you know, I, I tell clients and I've actually had like husbands reach out and be like, Hey, um, I know my wife emailed you about potentially canceling. I know this is important to her. Like I'd like to pay for her next series of coaching. Like there are things that you can do. And I do think investing in yourself and your health, um, is probably the most important thing that you could do. Um, and I do really appreciate that you said like, stop working with coaches just to lose weight because that is absolutely just like, I don't know why that's a thought. Um, but I work with a coach all year round. Yeah. Unless I'm coaching be like a Twitter post thing, you know, like stop working with coaches just to lose weight. Like, gosh. And I'm actually going to do that. I'm going to make that a post today. Watch this. <laughs> improving your physique and improving your mental health and your relationship with food and training and getting stronger. doesn't just involve getting smaller, like especially women out there, like we can have different goals other than shrinking ourselves like I know my goal right now is to like add on good quality size and to get stronger so weight loss isn't anywhere in my near future but again I'm still working on with coach and not even that it's just like for me even as a coach like I have lifestyle clients that want to compete at some point that have been kind of under the radar and working with them in their improvement seasons is one of the most exciting things for me I love to see it because I think they do the best too they do the best on stage they do. They listen, they learn, they apply. I have one client, her name's Megan and her last name is queen. And I call her the queen every single week when she checks in. And it's exciting. Cause it's like, I'm getting to build her up and just like, when we start to diet and like chip away, it's like, you have this big ice block and you're like sculpting something. Right. And you get to reveal like what you've built underneath that. It's incredible. But also I think for women, especially they don't know how to train. They do not understand how to train. They do not understand overload. And I've gotten in what's actually upsetting to me is I'll get clients that come from bodybuilding coaches that don't understand overload. How the fuck do you, are you in a prep for your first time and you've never been taught how to overload, how to train? Or they've never even taken a deload. They've never even taken a day off and they're overtraining and overdoing it. And all this like filler shit I see like, oh, I do my spin class on the weekends. And I'm like, this is, your body's so confused, dude. Like you're doing all these different things. It's not going to know how to change. And I see that a lot too, where it's like endurance training mixed with 
bodybuilding training. I'm like, these two do not go together. Or in your off season, like doing a set and then supersetting it with plyometrics. Like, are you ridiculous right now? What are you doing? Yeah. Or the biggest thing too, is like nutrient partitioning. A lot of people don't understand how to fuel performance and recovery appropriately. Like these Mm -hmm. are things that you're taught when you're, you shouldn't be learning these going into a deficit. I mean, that's just, you're setting yourself up for failure. These are fundamental habits and education that you should be acquiring um, during your improvement phases, during your building phases, during your health shit phases. And I think that that's an incredibly important aspect of coaching that people, especially women, or I mean, anyone really don't. Mm -hmm don't value and don't pay attention to. Like if you're not looking at your body on a physiological basis and taking that biofeedback and improving that, right? You can see amazing body recomposition. I've had many clients at this point now that this is where my next step of education is going is in holistic um, nutrition and, and functional medicine. But once you get them operating optimally, and I'm just talking, I'm not just talking about like within range, I'm talking about like optimal integrity of, of their physiology, like recomp just fucking happens. And it's incredible. It's like, well, wow, you're a machine. And it's really cool to see. Cause it's like one of those things it's, uh, I don't know how to like the boogie monster kind of, you're like, yeah, this sounds great. And like, maybe it will happen. Maybe it won't. But then you see the magic happening. You're like, holy shit. Yeah. But I feel like that recently happened to me. Like I almost like 2020 I didn't recognize myself at all but I'm like this is going to pay off like all that hormone shit that took so much time to correct and that's the other thing too if you want to lose weight in 2022 you should be working with a coach that has you take labs and get those labs in order so you can be put on a supplement protocol because supplements also take time to work um sometimes it works faster than others depending on like how I don't want to say screwed up, but how your levels are. Um, and if you're someone who is in a bad place hormonally, it might take six months to get everything running, which means, hello, you can't diet until the spring of 2022, but you wouldn't know that unless you started working on it now. Um, and for myself, like working on all that internal health stuff took a lot longer than what I thought it would, but it paid off because now one month post-show, my levels were in a way better place than eight months post-show in my previous prep because I took care of everything on the inside. But again, a lot of people, a lot of women in particular, only focus on the outside and wanting to lose weight. Little do they know that there's some internal stuff that they need to work on as well. Yeah. And and it's one of those things where, especially I find like mid thirties and forties women, um, where they've just spent their entire life doing every diet under the sun and want to run on every cardio machine available, um, while their nutrition and diet is absolutely awful, right. They don't eat, but they drink a lot or they like indulge in like the worst things. Um, it's, it's just one of those things where you can't get to the result that you want to achieve. If you don't have a, the fundamentals in place, as far as your actions and execution, but B if physiologically your check engine light is on and you're not addressing that issue, or you don't even know that it's on, um, you know, that's, that's going to set you back and you're going to waste your time. And I think that this is important. You're absolutely wasting your time, effort, and energy in fat loss when you're not going to get the response that you should. You're not getting the full return on that investment. You're giving 110% and the return on that is 30%. Like that's awful. No one should be doing that. And until you actually get the information and the data to look at and be like, holy shit, I need to fix this. Like you're, you're literally quite literally going to drive yourself insane and waste your time and end up in a worse position. Yeah. I mean, And I I think a lot of women don't realize like most 
most of the time, 1400 calories for an adult female is a deficit. Like you probably should be losing weight on that amount of calories, but so many women are probably eating that right now. They think I'm going to diet next year and get super hot for my Jamaica vacation in June. And it's like, you're, you're not ready to diet. Like you haven't even earned that right to diet, but if you would have worked with someone right now, you would have figured that out if it's a good coach. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if it's a good coach, which I'm hopeful that there are more, but at the same time, I just see here and on board so much crazy shit. I'm like, Oh, okay. 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 We're, we got this. Um, it's, it's sad, honestly, but, um, I did want to come back to kind of the holiday conversation and the importance of coaching through that. And one thing that you talked about is you start people on reverses. Um, You know, I definitely focus on depending on where the client is, right? If they're coming out of the show, uh, I'm probably going to put them depending on where they're at, how they feel and what their future goals are, right? Those are conversations that are context dependent, but definitely focusing on increasing um, calories, but also paying attention to digestion and biofeedback um, because it's important not to have too many new foods, too many new fun foods that are going to cause, um, gut health issues, right? We want to be very strategic with how we do that, depending on how restrictive and, and how consistent the client was with their dietary intake. I find, especially with client preps and myself, it's easier to just eat the same foods. Cause you know what your macros are going to be. And just sometimes that limits the variety that you need in the diet. So working in things like enzymes and things like that to help with digestion, as you kind of regulate the production of them on your own is important. Um, but also again, understanding how to navigate that and understanding your hunger and satiety signals, which again, for me, um, going into this, you know, I have a lot of my clients that are at maintenance or through reverse, or just have kind of been working in their off seasons, now really working in untracked meals and flexibility so that when it comes to Thanksgiving holidays, Christmas, et cetera, they have the confidence to approach that meal understanding at this point that we have the data that when you get back on track, everything is fine. And they understand where their limits are. They're very present. They've already practiced these habits so that when it comes to the vacation or the three-day hiatus that they have around new year's and Christmas and Christmas Eve, right. Um, they don't feel that guilt, that anxiety around food, um, or shame for indulging because they understand what principles work for them, what actions work for them, what habits they can continue to execute on. Um, And then they come out of that feeling great, having a good time and still being in a great place with their, their goals. So I think Mm -hmm. that that part is really important. And again, you don't get that if you're like, Ooh, I know I'm not going to be tracking every day. So I'm just going to quit now. Yeah. And even for myself, like, I mean, I'm at the place where I'm eating a lot of food. So I normally just track six days out of the week and have one day off. But on that day that I have off, it's like, I know how to structure my meals. And if you can just learn how to structure your meals and structure meals that satiate you and have enough protein and fiber in them to where your digestion is good, optimizing that biofeedback, like you're going to be in a really good place compared to the person that doesn't have that awareness. I mean, it's like, breakfast foods like when someone has a bagel for breakfast I'm like that's why you have no energy and like you're still hungry like an hour later like you don't even know what a balanced meal is and we're not taught that we we I don't even really remember a nutrition class at all when I was like a kid because we're usually not taught that and then we pick up behaviors from our parents and they usually weren't taught it either and um you're not going to be in tune with that satiety signals and also if you are maybe that person who is struggling with like binge eating or you are maybe underweight and coming out of a competition prep, like you definitely aren't going to have satiety signals. I mean, I used to struggle with binge eating myself. 
Um, I used to struggle with binging and purging, and it took me a long time after that to be in, in tune with satiety signals. It honestly took over a year um, to really understand like what true hunger looks like, what does true satiety look like, and um, it, it takes time. So if you're that person too, like understand like, you know, that first month or two, it's probably not going to correct itself. It has to be a long-term goal. Yeah. And I think it's really important to, um, if you are someone that struggles with this, number one, acknowledging that you struggle with this is important. Number two, um, seek out professional help, right? There's a lot of people that unfortunately I see this all the time in social media. Like I've overcome binge eating. Therefore I can help you overcome binge eating. And while I like to think the intention is good, you are not a qualified professional that works in this Mm -hmm. realm. And so I personally, again, when it ever comes to, you know, a client that does struggle with that, I am grateful to have, you know, resources and, and great therapists that I can outsource them to. Yeah. And I can work with them collaboratively, right? I understand what they're asking them to do. And then I'm making the appropriate coaching call um, for them to continue to work on their goals without sabotaging the psychological issue and relationship that they have with food at this time. Um, because you can mm-hmm. come out of it. It does take a lot of work. Um, but I also think it's really important not to just invest in someone who's overcome it because again, the journey in the context of it and the psychologically of every psychological, wow. Psychology of every human being is different. Yeah. Um, So finding the right person that works for you, but also has the education and practice to help you work through that in a professional manner is only going to be taking care of you in the future. And again, I think there's a huge issue and I see this all the time with bodybuilders. There's a difference between overeating and binge eating. Mm-hmm. Overeating and binge eating are not the same thing. Every single human being on the face of this earth has overeating in America. <laughs> yes. Every single one of us, the holidays, post-show, call it what you want. Um, we've eaten to the point of discomfort, right? Probably yeah. a couple of times, right? That is the reality of it. So that is not binge eating. Binge eating is a disorder um, mm-hmm. and it does have a criteria. So I also think it's inappropriate um, to throw around the word I binged last night. Well, you mm-hmm. overate last night, right? But if you have binge eating disorder, that is a disorder. And there's, again, a criteria for that. So just be careful with the verbiage that you also use, right? Because there are people- With that- your coach as well. Because if someone tells me I binge and then we really break that down and it was really just, they, I'm going back to that pie again. They had just had two pieces of pie and a few glasses of wine. And it's like, okay, well, did you black out? Do you remember it? Like what was the cause of this or that? Like if that's not a binge, like a binge is I've seen people binge on rice cakes where they eat entire canisters of rice cakes, an entire jar of peanut butter. Um, there's usually some sort of blacking out that occurs and, um, ravenous eating and probably, you're alone because most people that struggle with BED feel judgment around food. So they are usually hiding that behavior. And I promise you, if you're at your kitchen table with your family around, you're probably not binging because someone that truly struggles with binge eating knows that they wouldn't binge in front of other people because they don't want people to find out. Yeah. And I think that there's, and this is not my area of expertise whatsoever, but I think there's types of binges. Um, there's subjective and objective, and I can't remember the difference. Um, but I, I remember, um, kind of investigating this, um, in the past when I was looking at, you know, psychology of food stuff, um, and, you know, being present and aware and just overeating 
um, is where people consider themselves to be binge eating, but they're not actually binge eating. It's just the way that they're interpreting their actions, whether it's indulging in two pieces of pie, right. And they're saying they binge ate when really it's just that they have these kind of restrictive food rules and they're considering it a binge and that's a disordered relationship with food in itself. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's like where you, are alone and you stop at the grocery store and then you pile up in your car and you sit alone and then you're eating all of those things. Like that is binge eating, right? Thousands of calories in a very short amount of period of time alone. And typically you're like not aware or you're, you're not aware. I I think that's the best way to explain it is like, you're Mm -hmm. doing these actions and you might know that you're doing these actions, but you're not really aware or in control of the fact that you're taking these actions. It's like you are under some type of I don't know. It's like a possession. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know. I'm, I'm, I can say I'm grateful um, that I've never experienced binge eating. I've definitely overeaten in my life, um, you know, but I've never had that blackout eat everything fast kind of thing. Um, Yeah. It's the worst thing ever. (laughs) Yeah. And I can, so that's something that I, but I also know people that genuinely struggle with this. And that's why I'm an advocate for using the proper verbiage because mm-hmm. it is something, you know, food is something that we have to eat every day. It is something that even if you overcome your disorder, it's still probably in the back of your mind, right? All the time. And so that's something, whereas over, I overate one time that doesn't bother me anymore. It's not yeah. like I have these thoughts or patterns or temptations around doing it again, or, you know, I, you know, and I think that a disorder genuinely is something that even though you've overcome it and you have better habits, you know, there's probably still that that neurological like, pathway that creeps yeah. up every now and then. And you're like, mm, okay. And not like I'm, I'm not an ED specialist either. I mean, that's just my own journey, but you should definitely be working with a therapist. If let's say you are working with a coach and you still want to work with that coach and you are struggling, like work with a therapist. All of my clients that are working with therapists right now know that I'm here as well. They need to know that there's a full team going on. Yep. Um, because that's how everyone can best help you because no, like, and same with the therapist. I mean, they might feel like they can't cross the line when it comes to the training side of things. You know what I mean? So like everyone is going to, if you have that good team is going to stay in their lane. Um, and if you are struggling with like the anxieties around food and food behaviors in general, like you don't, you don't have to wait for them to get progressively worse. Um, you don't have to get, you don't have to look traditionally sick to get help. Um, and eating disorder is a mental disorder. It's not a physical disorder, although it does demonstrate physical aspects, just like an alcoholic. You can't just look at someone and say they're an alcoholic. Um, it's a mental mindset. It is an addiction. So, um, behavior issues can only be solved with a therapist and, um, getting, especially again, emotions, holidays, it just stirs up shit for people, brings up these things. So if you know that the holidays are going to be triggering for you, definitely link up with your therapist and keep your coach in the loops of things to get that support through that time. Yeah. And I will say, I find that anxiety around food comes from the inability to plan or to take action ahead of time or to have a plan going into it. Right. So if you're going to your aunt and uncles for Thanksgiving and you have no plan 
of course you're going to be anxious. It's like going out to dinner at night. Like, oh, the first time you go out to dinner, you're like freaking out because you're like, I can't control everything. You're giving food the power. And I think once you realize and you actually have that conversation and you're very present of like, I control everything that I do. I'm going to control what the fuck I put in my mouth. I can mm-hmm. do something off the menu that is clean. And nowadays there's literally, there's always a clean option at every restaurant because there's so many people with food sensitivities and stuff that it's very easy to modify any meal that you get. And so knowing that there's, there's zero reason to be anxious about something, right? And if you are anxious about it, then again, it comes back to your relationship with food and your ability to have self-control around it. And that is a personal issue that requires more hands-on professional guidance, but as a a lifestyle client or an athlete um, or a combination where you might just be trying to get into your fitness journey and you haven't gotten to the point where you cross that bridge yet, I would just encourage you to go into it with a plan. If you have a plan during the day and how you're going to handle it, it removes all anxiety, it removes all guilt, and it allows you to just be present um, and enjoy that. Remember, it's not about the food. It's about the people. It's about the memories. It's about the conversations. It's about what you said when you were drunk or the dance that you did or whatever it might be, right? Mm-hmm. And again, um, you know, it's it doesn't have to be an excuse to misalign yourself with the goals that you have or to look back in hindsight and have regret because you treated your body like trash Um, because there are like I said consequences to those things so if you're going into any type of environment that you don't have control over what is being served you do have control over what you choose to put in your mouth and how you choose to go about that and how you've approached the day and because at the end of the day it's not like we it's not like thanksgiving just pops up on us like there's a master feast and we're like oh shit it's right there right we know thanksgiving is coming we know halloween is coming every year we know christmas is coming every year you know what your thanksgiving kind of looks like with your family and what they typically bring and what your grandma bakes for christmas and all of the pies and things that are going to be there so again it's just taking accountability and ownership. Um, and once you have that, your confidence with navigating that is going to be far less stressful. Yeah. And I, I just want to add into, I also think some of that anxiety comes with uh, lack of education yep. and um, fear tactic based marketing around dieting. Um, so if you can gain some education on how carbohydrates work and and protein and fiber and fats and, you know, fat gain and muscle gain and all that. If you can just gain some education, which usually isn't again, going back to coaching, but usually isn't done unless you have a coach or if you are studying it. Um, if you don't gain that awareness, like that's part of what helped me so much. It's just education. Like once I learned about food and like how like freaking awesome Jasmine rice is like things like that, like and I learned how awesome these foods are for you. Like a lot of my fear went away. So it's never too late. Um, don't let the holidays be a catalyst for throwing you off track for months on end and change, like just change this year, make this the year that you change and you decide to go into things with a plan and you decide to treat your body with respect and to stop feeling so bad because you deserve to feel good. Yeah. And you just like, that's the yeah. biggest thing is you deserve that. Like, I think again, like the holidays are a time to be giving, but don't forget to give to yourself. Don't forget to take care of yourself because you cannot serve others. And I very much believe in this. You cannot fully serve others as your best. If you aren't catering to become your best. 
Um, and a lot of people don't know that they chronically feel like shit until they start cleaning shit up and they're like, Oh my God, I have so much energy. I feel great. And it Mm -hmm. makes me sad because so many people live the majority of their life feeling like shit and they don't even know it. Yeah, definitely. Well, I honestly think that's a great way to wrap this podcast up. It's just, you know, wanting to feel good. That's although Kate and I can, you know, be kind of aggressive with like, (laughs) food behaviors and stuff we honestly honestly just want the best for people we want them to feel good and I know that you've had your struggles with food you've never had like a full-blown eating disorder but you've had your struggles with food and struggles with having to I don't know maybe overthink certain food situations and we just don't want that for people and um I want people to achieve their goals and to feel okay with like investing in themselves because there's nothing scarier than like never reaching your goals. So you do deserve to like invest in yourself and feel better. Yeah. And one thing I always tell my clients is please learn from my mistakes. Right. I, I, at this point in my life and one thing I promised myself, like kind of getting over when I was incredibly fucking shredded and had very low quality of life was like, I never want to look at my life and regret anything. And I regret the moments that I missed out because I was so hyper-focused on my body composition, my weight and, you know, what I was going to be at the next day. And I would so be like anxious, be around everything, you know, to the point where it was detrimental to my relationships, to being present, to making those memories that I encourage everybody to make, but just know that you can make them and have a wonderful time without self-sabotaging either. So Nicole, thank you for coming on. Um, again, this will probably be posted on both platforms just because more, the more the merrier. Um, and thank you guys for listening. Please feel free to leave a review. Um, Nicole, I will link all of your stuff below. And if you have any final thoughts, please drop them now. Yeah, no, if you guys are needing more content, more help, you can always listen to Beyond the Bikini Radio. Kate and I have done some episodes way back in the day, I think like 2019 too. Um, but if you are needing more support, you can always check out my podcast and Instagram at Nicole Fair Fitness. And no, I'm not changing my last name right away. So business will always be Nicole Fairy Fitness. Business and business. And on that note, we'll talk to you next time, guys. Bye.